Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I am joined today by bird-watching bigwig lawyer, but more importantly, all-star cricket player, Trenton of Special Bird Service, also known as Crank That Curry, also known as Al Gorp on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Trees. It's a real pleasure to be amongst uh, some true legends in the game um, and your other members who've been in your podcast. So thanks for having me. Wow. I mean, everyone keeps saying that, and I don't know, like a good deflection to say, um, but thank you. <laughs> anyway, Trenton, uh, before we f- jump into the formal uh, format of the podcast, I just want to say that it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, whoever doesn't follow me, Trenton, or the Ali George Hankins on Instagram. Um, yes. Trenton and his partner showed me and Ali around uh, Oxford when I was over there in the in the beautiful UK that doesn't look like Bloodborne at all. Um, he just, we went on a nice little hike, went to a few pubs. Most of them were closed or, okay, most of them were open but didn't serve food and I was starving. Like, I don't think, honestly, I don't think I've been in that much pain in a while. I was, it was astounding. I don't know what, what was wrong with me. I was just so hungry that day and I had eaten also. Yeah. I remember you saying you'd eaten twice already, right? Yeah. I had already, I already eaten twice. And then I was just like doubled over in pain because my stomach was hurting so much. It was just all that, uh, all that anxiety and all that adrenaline rushing to your brain being with the Ali George Hankins yeah, outside, you know? Yeah. When I'm with him, I'm just on like high alert. Like what if yeah. someone tries to like stab him? Cause in the UK you don't have guns. So what if someone tries to stab him, like. I'm basically his bodyguard at that point. I just have to make sure everything he's okay at all times. Honestly, you're doing a pretty good job too. I mean, we could use the you. dogs just as extra protection, <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 it was it was good levels. Yeah, but it, it was a very nice hike we went on. Had a nice little yeah. chat. Uh, you paid me five hundred thousand dollars to come on the podcast. Uh, yes. So thank you for that. Yeah, in cryptocurrency, right? In, in crypto, Shiba. yeah, in crypto, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank Still working that. on that, by the way. Uh, Monday, Monday. I heard it Monday? go through on Monday, so yeah. Okay, the trade goes through. We'll check back awesome. in then. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be. I'll be watching. I'll be waiting. Um, well, yeah, Trenton. Thank you. Thank you again for all of that. And I guess with all of that little uh, backstory out of the way, I guess uh, we can jump into the real, the real meat and potatoes of the pod. Of course, because this isn't a podcast where I just bring people on and talk about how my, my travels abroad with them. Of course, <laughs> I'm not you one can't of those do that. guys. I'm not one of those mm-hmm. guys. Um, this is a podcast about well, this is a podcast about trees and nylon. So mm-hmm. working through a past, present, and future progression with both of those topics. Uh, I'm gonna be asking you some questions, but Sounds my good. question, the first question is mm-hmm. trees or nylon. Firm believer in trees. Firm believer in trees. Um, Good. Yeah. Uh, very much a, a naturalist in that sense. A huge mm. appreciation for the human-made side of, of nylon yes, things. I think, you know, we've come so far since mm. the beginning of time in, uh, across science. So, I yeah. mean, you have to have appreciation and respect for those sort of things. But um, being as we are from the earth, you yes. know, have to go with, with trees. The trees. Trees come first, of course. Yeah. Um, well, beautiful way to put it. Uh, let's go ahead and start with trees. You you let me know right now. The first question, mm-hmm. of course, with the past. How'd you start? How'd you start enjoying the outdoors? What was what was your past with nature like? Hmm, I think it probably started when I was really young, just with like my family, like going for walks. Like, mm-hmm. um, if I had trouble sleeping as a baby, my dad would always take me for walks. Um, oh, really? During the evening? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. in one of those sort of like harnesses on his chest or on, on mm-hmm. his back, and my grandma on my mom's side, uh, we call her nanny in my family. And, um, she would always take us for walks when we were younger in wagons, if we weren't up for walking, but you know, um, we were very blessed living on, on the West coast of, of North America and in Canada there to have such great access to, you know, the beach, uh, forests, mountains, everything, um, right there. So, you know, the outdoors is a big part of my life consistently growing up. Sounds like it. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Did you ever in in this time? So it sounds like you kind of had an appreciation instilled in you from a young age. Did you do a lot of going out when you were younger, just like exploring, hiking, camping, anything like that around you? 
definitely um, my mom's side of the family. I come from a pretty multicultural family. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a first generation Canadian. My mom's side of the family um, is mostly European uh, descent uh, from like Germany, um, mm-hmm. England, Scotland, uh, those sort of places, a little Ireland? bit Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Of, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <Do, do, do. laughs> So yeah, just coming from a multicultural family, my my parents had two sort of different philosophy philosophies, excuse me, about um, the outdoors. My dad's very much an appreciator from a distance, and uh, my mom is loves living it and and being outdoors uh, herself as well. So um, I got a nice balance of uh, traveling internationally to big cities with my dad and mm-hmm. having an appreciation of the outdoors um, from my mom, and you know. Uh, both of those aspects intermingled from both sides. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, an interesting upbringing. Sounds like best of both worlds, the cities and, so. the, and the mountains. What was like an inciting event that you say? Cause I mean, I'm the kind of same way. I went on a lot of hiking trips, camping trips, stuff like that when I was growing up. Um, but there wasn't really anything that was like an inciting incident until I was older. Did you have anything like that? There was like a moment where you were outside and you're like, oh, wow, this is like something I really enjoy doing and want to make part of my life all the time. For sure. I think there was a little bit of progression for like that in my life, like in, mm-hmm. in um, grade 10, which is like when you're probably about 14 years old or 15 years old in Canada. Um, I joined this program at school called Experiential Program, which was mm-hmm. um, a program offered to like uh, like probably 30 or 40 students who applied um, and made it through the, the selection process to essentially just be studying the core subjects at school. So it was like English, uh, humanities, like social studies, uh, probably one language if you took it and mm. math or something like that. And that was it. And then you, uh, uh, at about halfway through the day, you'd go out and do um, service activities like volunteering at local food banks, um, elderly homes, picking up rubbish, those sort of things. And then on Friday, Saturday, Sundays, every week for the full semester, you'd go out and do like camp away trips where you'd go kayaking, sailing, surfing, um, backcountry skiing, canoeing, Mm -hmm. um, uh, fly fishing there was a whole bunch of different trips so I was really lucky in that I didn't have a whole bunch of exposure to that in my family other than camping skiing snowshoeing the sort of um you know family Uh, obviously I was very fortunate enough to be able to do that but I feel like those were pretty um introductory activities whether Mm -hmm. as a school introduced me to uh, a whole bunch of activities beyond that that just kind of opened my mind to what was really out there and um stuff I could get into Nice. Well, that's very cool then. Yeah. I mean, very different experience from a lot of people. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, and you were talking about specific um, events yeah, well, that sort of brought that was on. Was there like one of those cool yeah. things that you did that you were like, oh, wow, this is something I really like? Yeah. So we went backcountry skiing um, in mm-hmm. Paradise Meadows on Vancouver Island with mm-hmm. the school, um, with my school, St. Michael's University School in grade 10. And um, and it was one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on. It was about a five to seven day winter camp away in sort of like February, March time. Um, and when we woke up, it was minus 19 Celsius, which Fahrenheit, I'm not sure what that is, if I'm honest. Um, but, you minus know, well 19. below freezing. Yeah, cold. Mm-hmm. It's cold yeah, is what it is. Very yeah. cold. Exactly. And, um, you know, we had, to, we had to dig a hole in the middle of a lake to get to water. And um, we had seal skins in the bottom of our backcountry skis so that we could go uphill. Um, and it was just like a, a pure expedition. And it was uh, obviously we had guides with us and, you know, we had food was prepared by the guides and we, we were learning how to cook like in winter camps that we had um, dug out snow camps or we had dug out um, mm. uh, from the snow. And it was just it was a, a whole lot of fun and completely eye opening to have an experience like that where I was like. Um, having to rely on somebody else for the preparation of, of my food other than my parents, you know, outdoors. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was, uh, we were going up this hill called Mount Elma and um, I was having real trouble getting up this one sort of uh, turn back on itself um, up the mountain. And uh, I just kept sliding back and I really felt like I was going to fall off the side of this mountain. And <laughs> uh, my teacher was like filming us and was like, Trent, are you having fun? I just like, <laughs> I, I looked right up at her and I was like, 
can you shut that off please like i really don't want to be dumb don't want to be filmed right now um and you know like walmart stop recording me that kind of vibe (laughs) genuinely genuinely and at the time i was like really you know in the muck like having a hard time of it and not enjoying myself but looking back on it it's legitimately one of the most like memorable outdoors experiences or just experiences period that i've had in my life so um yeah, I feel very grateful for, the, for that opportunity and that experience. Sounds awesome, man. That sounds like just like a near-death experience, but also sounds like it, you know, the, maybe those are the, that's the times when you're living the most, some would say. For sure. And, you know, being as I was probably like 13 or 14, or maybe 15 max at the time, I probably am over-exaggerating it. Um, yeah, well, to it's some how extent. you perceive it. That's what matters. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Very right. Nice. Um, that's very cool. Uh, I guess carrying that over now, now that you do have establishing your ethos and all that, now that mm-hmm. the, the people know that you do like the outdoors and you had this mm-hmm. connection with it, what is it like nowadays? How often do you get outside now? What's your connection with nature like? That's a great question. Um, I think during the pandemic, it really, really switched. I realized that being at home all the time, like I had to get outside. Otherwise, like it wasn't just going to happen in the normal course of my life anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to go to a physical school or go to a physical university or go to a physical club other than, you know, cricket, which is outdoors. But like for me, uh, besides that, like I wasn't going to go to a physical space and be outdoors unless I chose to do that. So, um, and I think, you know, partly this had to do with so, sort of social media and the um, the rise of Gorbcore, if you can call it that, or the rise of you know, outdoor fashions. Yeah. <laughs> the rise of outdoor fashions um, uh-huh. becoming the norm in, in society. Um, that also, like, impacted, like, being like, oh, okay, I'm seeing a lot more of this on social media. Like, maybe this maybe this could work for me too, you know? Um, and so my upbringing of being outdoors paired with the the pandemic paired with, um, like a want to de-stress and want to like not be on my phone or be on my tablet or playing video games or computer or whatever it is working, um, changed my relationship with the outdoors completely to the, the point where I love to go outside for bird watching walks or just walks mm-hmm. in general, um, in the countryside here in Oxfordshire, um, like almost daily, I would say every other day. Wow. Every day. Um, yeah. Like to, to some almost. extent for sure. Almost. Yeah. Every, every other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. The podcast called today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and cause it's England, it was raining, you know? So, ah, well, like, yeah. Uh, how often does it rain there? Because when I was there, it only rained like two of the eleven days I was in England. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I, I think obviously it's grossly exaggerated just because it's fun yeah. to make fun of the Brits for, oh, for of course. having yeah, crap weather. British people, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wherever they exist. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, it obviously is it's fun to make fun of how bad the weather is in England. But honestly, mm. it's it's pretty similar to how it is in Canada, if I'm honest. Like mm. um where I'm from in Canada, the Pacific Northwest area, the you know, Vancouver Island, Vancouver, Seattle, they we get so much rain um so you know honestly it probably rains maybe like within plus or minus five days difference here in the uk compared to back home so mm-hmm. yeah i'd say it's it's pretty much what i'm used to anyways so okay in, in the summer now it's getting really hot as well i know this sounds Whoa. like pop out i know this really sounds hot, like pop out. really hot also i guess you are from canada so right it is it is colder there too but really hot mm-hmm. for you guys is like i came back and it was like we're having like a little cold front right now, and the high right. today is, um, let's see, the high today is twenty three, right? Or sorry, yeah, the high, and that's like that's like a really that's like perfect cool weather. Walk outside with shorts and a t shirt, just like right. And you mean Celsius twenty three, right? Twenty three Celsius, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, okay. twenty three Fahrenheit is Fahrenheit is way too cold. <laughs> Negative five Celsius, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that 20 23 celsius is is i would say perfect weather for chilling now nice like, you can still be in shorts and, and t-shirt but it's not uh too hot or too cold you know mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. shorts and a t-shirt maybe throw on a little hoodie if you're it's, if you're just chilling and get a little get a little yeah. cold something like that yeah Crew exactly feeling a little bit more spicy Ooh, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> all right <laughs> cardigan nice, if you're feeling nice. preppy yeah cardigan for prep all right here now here, here's a big question trenton mm-hmm. you know we're talking about how you go outside you've alluded to bird watching a little bit i mm-hmm. want to jump into the like the real story of special bird service 
not okay. the real story not like what you told me we don't have to talk about okay. that but no. i i just want to know um how it came how it came to be what it is people might not know about it so kind of just give a pitch for it basically to the people Okay, to the people. Uh, Special Word yeah, Service is a collective of um, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, as well as the Two Spirit uh, LGBTQ plus community, um, us, like focused around um, like outdoors, the outdoors, and advocacy around the outdoors, as well as um, access to education in the outdoors. Um, so, really, what we do is we offer like organized outdoor events and excursions, explorations, those sort of things, um, including like bird walks, hikes. Uh, this winter, we're going to be doing some snow sports. Uh, recently, we were uh, did a uh, partnership with the Royal BC Museum for um, mm. some educational resources um around bats as well as um some birds and stuff like that so uh really it's uh about community building that's really what mm-hmm. it is about community building in the outdoors um and our events usually have something to do with bird watching um, hiking being outdoors and community as well as like a fire and some shared food and like a potluck type yeah. um food scenario going on at- afterwards um that's sick i love that so yeah Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah and, and I started that with my family, um, my partner, my brother, my cousins. Uh, I got a cousin who does the website. I got a cousin who's nice. doing the communication stuff. My brother does, uh, my cousin does the memes. My brother does the social mm-hmm. media. <laughs> I do the, I do the reels uh, and the mm-hmm. TikToks. And nice. um, I do the treasury stuff, apply for grants. And we've got mm-hmm. a friend, like we've just met so many amazing people through this uh, community building initiative that have jumped in and helped with us. Um, we've got people joining us and who are experts in, in bats and stuff like that. And so Ava mm. ignoring Seth, my friend who I've met through special bird service now part of special bird service. She um, recently did the presentation at the Royal BC museum on, on bats. Mm. So yeah, special bird service is really uh, whatever it needs to be uh, whenever it needs to be it. Uh, we're, okay. we're a vehicle for the community <laughs> to nice. access uh, education, access, access to the outdoors um so yeah that's what we're trying to build to snow sports like snowshoeing some backcountry yeah. skiing some camping we just want to get outdoors with other people who want to be outdoors as well other like-minded mm-hmm. people nice. and so you know we're not exclusionary in the fact that you know we accept people of all backgrounds all demographics even if you're you know white or caucasian you come come to our events as an ally we welcome you with open arms and we have a lot of people who come and join us regardless of their backgrounds or, or demographics. And um, we're all there with the same purpose of just existing outdoors. So that's really what it's about. Nice. And it's not just birding. It sounds like. No, it is called special bird service. And it sounds like that's how it started too, but it's more than that. Yeah, correct. We literally started with uh, an eight person walk last February, February of 2021 um, in Victoria, BC um mm-hmm. with eight people and then like five of them were my family members <laughs> so um, guys are somewhere my man guys yeah, are somewhere exactly and like the most recent event that i was at in april uh, back in canada uh, we had over 40 people attend so That's awesome um yeah we've got chapters in victoria what's colonially known as victoria and vancouver now and you know we're looking at nanaimo potentially which is a medium-sized city on vancouver island about halfway up so mm-hmm. yeah we're really looking at expanding and doing some more brand partnerships like we did with Roby museum and our yeah. brand partners tend every day which is uh another one of our members and his partner they um they are his partner's an, an acupuncturist and a naturopath and she uh harvests herbs and they sell like uh like tinctures and and body oils and uh, herbal teas and smokable mixes that you can mix mm. with your different tobaccos and such um so yeah it's we've got a lot of different partnerships planned and we're planning a raffle coming up and so yeah it's just been an amazing community built around started with with bird watching but it's built mm-hmm. to almost everything we've got a newsletter coming out soon mm-hmm. that uh, you're going to be featured in actually as well so that's exciting and we have some of those questions over those questions yeah over. definitely man i will somehow we've managed this huge signing of this guy i'm not sure if you heard of him the alley george um hinkins so oh, we've signed him the, as well the george hinkins the yeah signed him as well wow. as he's coming coming on to do I to, what his uh, rate's going to be exactly high if yours was five hundred thousand for the podcast <laughs> i mean 
<laughs> so yeah um also got our my, our mutual friend in north carolina there mr alexander victor he's coming on he wrote in a little nice little column piece on a, a rally driving event that he went to uh um, oh, nice shout out yeah. uh, curated garments exactly shout out the main man himself mm-hmm. um he was kind of actually the first internet friend uh, similar to yourself that i made on instagram you know about oh, really in this whole outdoors uh thing it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah he was one of the first ones and then obviously how we met was that uh the outdoors group chat right with um i can't i have i have dyslexia so i'm gonna mess up the yeah 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 yeah, for gsp (laughs) that guy Mm -hmm. i I heard a really great line once if if you if anybody has dyslexia there you can use this it's uh it's a great one you say you're putting the sex in dyslexia do you actually have dyslexia yeah i do i do I was in a car accident a couple of years ago and, and as a result of the concussion and head injury, I have some symptoms that present like uh, dyslexia. Wow. Jeez, yeah. man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It changed my life pretty, pretty big time. Sounds like it. I was also in a car crash, but I was really? lucky enough to not have any, uh, not have any head stuff to me happen to me. Oh, nice. It was all um, like arm okay. stuff. <laughs> oh wow! I, I had a, I got a nerve. I have nerve damage in it, but uh, really, I, I take nerve damage over um, mm-hmm. concussion. Yeah, actually, I wow. had a minor concussion. I don't remember anything. Yeah. but it never, it never formed into anything more than just concussion. Damn, man! So, what happened to you? How did this happen? <laughs> um, not to steal your. You probably thunder. talked about it in the other podcast, haven't you? Yeah, you should listen. No, no, I actually don't know. <laughs> Basically. I'll tell my story. You can tell your story. Okay. So I don't have to steal spotlight completely. Um, one woman, short story is one woman's on the wrong side of the road uh, on a divided highway. And she was, she was uh, driving on the British side of the road, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we crested a hill at the same time, both of our cars. And so I was on the left side because it's in America. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like coming head on. I turned right. So I kind of got hit with like the, the force of the crash. Uh, and I like, I don't remember anything, but like the crash detective guy, whatever crash analysis person said that mm-hmm. I hit the brakes and swerved and she just kept going straight um, and hit us. So I like, I got hit. I broke my arm, my wrist, had like an open knee, um, got nerve damage in my right arm because of it. I uh, had to like retrain my hand to work and all that stuff. Um and the reason I'm sure everyone's sitting on the edge of their seat wondering why it happened, it's because she had a seizure um, because she wasn't taking, she knew she had epilepsy and she wasn't taking her medication because it made her gain weight. So she just decided she didn't need to take it. Um, yeah. Man. So yeah, that's what happened to me. What? That's my story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy man. So she doesn't have her license anymore. Um, I mean, rightfully so, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a while for the court case to happen, but she yeah. doesn't have her license anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of court cases, mine's like literally still ongoing. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Tell me yeah. your story now. So six years ago on April 20th, um, I got rear-ended mm. by a person on their phone. Um, mm. And the person just kind of, as an excuse, they were just like, yeah, I was like looking down and I didn't realize everybody stopped. And I, like, I just didn't stop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? So I was stopped in traffic sort of uh, about two to three meters uh, behind a, a truck in front of me and um, got hit by this uh, person from behind. And, and I, was, I was stopped in traffic, like I said. So I got rammed into the truck in front of me fr- from mm-hmm. a stop position. So you yeah. know, coming at, at a decent decent pace Jeez. kind of thing and sort of just got kind of squished between the, the two, the truck in front of me and the, and the truck behind me that hit me. So, um, yeah, mine's still ongoing. So, you know, like I, I have like back issues and shoulder issues and stuff like mm. that, but it's all soft tissue compared to, you know, open wounds and nerves like that <laughs> serious, man. Like I can imagine, I couldn't imagine, excuse me, like that, that sounds uh, so intense. Uh, and for me, yeah. like with my, with my legal background, like I sort of understand like personal injury cases, I, mm. I've just found this thing to be like completely re-traumatizing men. Cause every sort of legal interaction you have with the other side in this personal injury case they just like ask you six seven times to repeat the exact same things over and over again and you're like mm. why am i why is this the way that it is there's got to be a more like gentle way of dealing with this stuff you know so yeah well it wasn't Anyways. it wasn't as much re-traumatizing it's just like 
honestly, by the time our court case happened, um, I had made a YouTube video about my like whole experience when it was still fresh. And so I still had that to uh, go off of, you know, and my friend actually wrote an, wrote a report for some like writing. What's the word? Tournament. <laughs> some, oh, cool. some writing, some writing event. Like uh, a competition. Yeah, it's a competition, yeah. not tournament. Yeah. A competition <laughs> in high school. <laughs> um, where he talked about like the whole crash experience because it was me, him, and one of my other friends. We were coming back from a, a football soccer game. And um he was sitting in the passenger seat and he uh um so he took like the least amount of damage from everyone in the car. And so he was like fully awake Like me. I don't, I just remember like putting my like gear in the back of my car, closing the door and like maybe turning on the car. And I don't remember anything mm-hmm. until like waking up in the hospital, but yeah. he, like, he was, a, he remembers like the whole thing. He like remembers the crash happening. He blacked out when the actual like collision happened. And then mm-hmm. he woke up and um, like, he just saw me like slumped up. He thought I was dead. Um, the other guy was in the back seat, just like screaming because he like broke his pelvis and his wrist, like trying to catch himself. Yeah. Holy um, shit, dude. Wear your wear your shoulder belts belt. because he was not yeah. wearing his shoulder belt and it just torqued him around and just destroyed his pelvis and his arm. Cause like he tried to oh catch himself by putting his hand out and just shattered yeah. his. But anyway. Um dude. Yeah. So he was in the back screaming. I was just like slumped over. So he thought we were just dead. Or at least I was just dead for like a, right. a little bit. And then I started like moaning um out of pain not really like conscious or anything and then (laughs) and then i was taken in a helicopter to the hospital but anyway i'm talking about the story so yeah by the time the court case happened like there was so much evidence and like the cops really like fucked it up like they didn't go for blood work at all with her they didn't check up with anything like they really dropped the ball completely yeah they really did an awful job yeah um, and so we had to like subpoena medical records and her lawyers weren't letting it go through and like all this stuff until eventually we got it showing that she didn't have any of the medicine in her blood during that night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. Oh man. How, how long did that take you in total? Um, like the it happened process. in 2016. Yeah. It happened in 2016, mm-hmm. October. And then mm-hmm. I want to say like 2018 or 18 or 19 probably is when it got like solved. So she was just like driving for the, the, how many years that it wasn't handled. Yeah. Man, that is so scary. Yours is like, yours got resolved pretty quickly. Like yeah. relatively. Yeah. It, it is wild. And like, just a whole thing about it where it's not a murder case. No one died. Yeah. So it's not yeah. top priority. And then, you know, sure. more people die. So it becomes a higher priority. And yeah, mm-hmm. it just kept getting bumped back over and over. And then oh. like the DA, a new DA got um, elected or chosen yeah. or whatever. Appointed, and so yeah. Uh, appointed. Yeah. And so then, you know, it got shifted back even more because it was a change of like staff and it was sure. just a whole mess, but yeah. 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 No, I think you are right. District attorneys are elected. I apologize. But yeah, I know what you mean. They they just get mm. pushed. Mine's been pushed back like three or four times, man. Like my, my original trial was actually supposed to be in 2021, but they've now postponed it to 2024. And they've said that if that doesn't go forward, that it could be 2027 by the time I actually have a, an actual trial date. So Jeez. mediation has just started in mine, like was supposed to just start in May. And the, wow. they received the the mediation brief like five days before the mediation. They said it wasn't enough time for them to go through it. So they pushed that back too. So honestly, man, like it's just like, it's been six years this April, this past April. So that is insane. Um, yeah. I want to move on from it, but it's pretty hard when there's just like this open legal proceeding still going on yeah. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, have, how have you dealt with it? Like mentally, like with, especially with like, obviously the the loss of like the, the nerve damage and then the loss of like yeah yeah yeah. well honestly i think i think it's like i kind of just toughened my resolve basically i kind of just like you know people were saying when i went to like pt they were saying like you have to be able to use your hand again no matter how hard it hurts or how bad it hurts like you have to be able to use it by this date like you have six months to be able to use mm-hmm. your hand again and like well not even to use it but just like to bend them and stuff like you don't have to physically mm-hmm. use it but you have to have those like those muscles have to be bent and like used essentially in the next mm-hmm. six months or 
you're basically going to have limited mobility because the nerve regrows like a millimeter a day or something. And the closer it gets mm. to the areas that are affected, like it'll kind of just be stuck like that. You know, if it's mm-hmm. not being, if it's not used to being moved, it'll always just hurt forever because it's still like tweaked a little bit, you know, it wasn't fully yeah. severed. It was just tweaked. Um, right. but it has to like regrow all the way in. So I kind of just like hardened my resolve. It was a lot of, uh, pain and a lot of like, just like changing my mindset completely of like, I was a senior in high school. So it was my parents like said, we don't care if you graduate this year. Like, we don't care what happens. It's just like, get your hand better, like fix, fix that. So, you know, thanks to them also for understanding the severity of the situation. My mom was like doing physical therapy with me every day. And just like, even putting my hand in like a bowl of water was like super, super painful. She helped me with all that. Just understanding this is what had to be done. I just kind of changed my mind and like just turned off emotion essentially mm-hmm. and just did it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. That's crazy. Thank That's you. a lot of adversity to face, man. Well, well yeah. done. But anyway, uh, this isn't a podcast about all that. We're talking about no, trees no, no. and nylon. <laughs> Come exactly, on. Yeah. <laughs> Not personal injury cases. <laughs> now, Trenton, talk about your future with the trees part of this podcast. Not about the traumatic experiences we've been through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally the future of the trees yeah mm. where do you want to go where do you want to take special bird service what's what's a hike you want to go what's a country you want to see that's a that's a great uh that's a great question that's a very open-ended question broad question um exactly. a, a country i'd like to see i'd love to go to patagonia and argentina man and chile and stuff like that like um it just looks absolutely stunning i know it sounds so cheesy because everybody wants to go backpacking in patagonia but mm. um, yeah, I do really want to see it before the world burns up and we all die, kind of thing. So um, yeah, no. <laughs> besides besides that, I'd love to. Uh, I think honestly, before the sort of situation deteriorated in Syria, I would have loved to see the old um, Roman um, mm. uh, ruins in like Palmyra yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Like that would have just been amazing. And you know, the fact that, that sort of history and human culture has been destroyed by you know religious zealots is just so disheartening so that, that would have been a place to absolutely love to see um where else iceland have you heard mm-hmm. of reunion or la reunion no. reunion island no. it's off of the coast of like um madagascar i think i believe like in between sort of like um the middle east and africa and it's um uh, it's got all the climates in one it's like a rainforest like volcanoes oh. um like everything all on the island it's just like absolutely exquisite and apparently within the little island chain it looks like there's like a whole bunch of different microbiomes that like aren't don't exist anywhere else in the world sort of like the galapagos kind of thing yeah um so yeah that would be that would be amazing to to do something like that um i also wanted to go to um cap verde off the coast of africa um uh just such a cool mix of like Spanish, French and African heritage and cultures. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a really cool place. Um, hikes, Peak District and Lake District. I haven't done those in the UK yet. I've done really snowed. Yeah, I haven't done them yet. How long um, have you been in the UK? <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I started, I moved here in, in 2013. So just it's just gone nine years, actually, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, so um, yeah, law school keeps you inside. And I was kind of on the, on the mm-hmm. Ali G uh trail train of thought where i was inside quite a lot um Mm -hmm. during law school so yeah i definitely want to get out and do the lake district and peak district um i've done snowden as we talked about when we were out in our walk which was pretty awesome um but yeah wales in general it just blows my mind man i'd love to go Mm -hmm. explore more north wales um so beautiful scotland as well i'd love to do like ben nevis and stuff like that um so yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, man. There's lots of lots of places I'd love to do. Lots of places. Lots of places. Well, hey, How are you me? Yeah. I don't know. What's something I haven't said before? New Zealand, I've said before. Yeah. Japan, go back there. I want to go back to the west of America and do um like more Rocky Mountain stuff. You know, more yeah. continental divide type stuff. The same cool. answer for me. If if you've yeah. if you heard it once, you heard it a thousand times for me. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, if you ever go that way, let me know because I'm I'm usually around those parts like six months a year, four months a year. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we can connect and figure something out. But yeah, man, the West Coast is is, is so beautiful. Um, 
it's really one of my favorite places to to be um i, I lived in japan for a year actually when i, I oh, didn't really? exchange yeah i didn't exchange nice. in, in grade school i can only assume because of all the brands that are there and just like seeing the shrines and things that are there uh mm-hmm. there is like a, a connection with nature more so than there is in america it's more mm-hmm. like religious and um i guess religious it's more sacred mm-hmm. than yeah the u.s like we see national yeah more more not more spiritually yeah it's more like it's a fun thing to do or like it's a nice experience rather than like it being so important you know what i mean yeah totally man totally yeah i think that i think that the the national park system in both the the u.s and canada could do with a revival like how fdr did it in the 30s like Mm. we've got so many people like screaming for jobs like i think it, it could really be um a good sort of public works project to you know, improve our highway systems, improve our national park systems by getting people out there working who need jobs, you know, it could really stimulate our economy. Do you have anything else you want to say about this trees portion of the podcast? The trees portion. Hmm. I mean, there's, there's so much to say about trees. <laughs> what's, what's the important part? You know, I think, I think if, if everybody gains a better understanding of of the importance and the roles that trees play in our lives, whether it be like from the paper we use to like recycling the air and, and storing the carbon in, in the environment. Um, if all of us just understood that a little bit better, I, I really think that we'd be in a lot better off a place as a world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, <laughs> let's move on to uh, the nylon section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good um, man i'm excited, excited. Yeah. yeah let's talk about let's talk about what everyone wants to hear about which is clothing now for you mm-hmm. how'd you get how'd you get interested in this whole this whole scene how'd you get into the whole clothing of it all that's a that's a great uh, question i think growing up like both my parents have such flamboyant individual unique styles um Actually, I'm, I'm going to refrain from using unique because it's, I think that's overplayed. I think it's pretty hard to be unique mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, they just have very uh, flamboyant, uh, definite styles, both of them. And so um, I just grew up with such contrasting, even like I said earlier, like contrasting cultures. And so the contrasting styles and the way that they dress, like my dad, he goes off to Asia for business and he'll get these suits tailor-made for himself that are just like, the most ridiculous mm-hmm. um embroidered suits with his initials on them and that sort of thing and you're just <laughs> like like are you like you look like something out of like dirty dancing like how <laughs> how is this what you want to wear but you know respect to him for for choosing knowing what he likes and, and rocking it kind of thing so mm-hmm. as much as i make fun of him for it there is another aspect of respect for it as well and um my mom dresses very much like a sort of um earth mother you know hippie uh, flowy like cl- comfortable clothing and um with nice you know indigenous silver ju- handmade jewelry and that sort of thing beautiful. so yeah it is and i just very very contrasting style so mm-hmm. um growing up i think uh, seeing what, what my dad had in his closet what my mom was wearing and what, what she had in her closet as well was mm-hmm. uh, a great uh, sort of prod in the right direction of trying to figure out my own style so um how did i get introduced to it i guess just like growing up and i always just had a an eye like wearing a suit was was my favorite thing i had this uh second hand i was literally five years old and i had the second hand blue suit that i wore and i, and I called it my handsome suit <laughs> and uh yeah and i had I cowboy thought. boots yeah i had nice. cowboy boots to go with it oh yeah uh, so I was I was four years old when my when my parents had like uh, their church wedding. So I, I was there, and that was my suit from the wedding. And I would I, I wore it to the beach. I wore it to the mall. <laughs> I wore it. Uh, my parents had pictures of me at the on the swings uh, <laughs> on the swings at the local park in a, in a suit with cowboy boots on. So um, that was <laughs> sort of I guess just in the fabric of uh, my family. Um, so at a young age, you were stunted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very much so. You know, my dad had a massive mullet in the 80s, like down sort of mm. halfway down his back. Um, and he was a, a club nightclub bouncer from India oh, nice. in, in Canada. Uh, so it was, you know, he used to wear these deep, deep V-necks and this big mullet. And, you know, my mom was um, 
runner-up for Miss Teen Canada in when mm. she was 16 years old. So, you know, she had her own spicy way of, of dressing and being and stuff like that. So, you know, I could only imagine what their style journeys have been like. So those definitely informed mine uh, growing up. But yeah, clothing has always been a big part of my life, man. From the the special times of, you know, my birthday or Christmas when I'd go with family members to pick up some new clothes, you know, at Winners or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that, wherever the, wherever the deals were, Nordstrom's or something like that. Um, to, you know, buying pieces nowadays like, that I've like thought of for years or, or, you know, have looked for for years. Yeah. It's just been like a real, real journey that I've really uh, been fortunate enough to explore. Um, so, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. So it sounds like the, the, uh, what's the word? The inspirations run deep, I guess. That's what it is. I would say so. I would say so. You know, every <laughs> nice, time my man. family came back from India, they would bring back, you know, traditional indian dress for us to wear mm-hmm. you know for our birthdays or for weddings or stuff like yeah, that so and you put cowboy boots on under it yeah <laughs> underneath, exactly <laughs> just to have uh that twist on it you know nice nice well, yeah. So, yeah it sounds like you developed your own little personal style uh from a, from a child with your handsome suit um yeah I, I did and even at university my roommate said that i like the way that i dress like i could dress that way for my entire life so um you know it's pretty funny my, my partner says i dress like a an outdoorsman from the 80s hey, so well yeah. that's perfect because we're going to talk about how you dress right now um, how would you how would you describe don't let don't let anyone else put words in your yeah mouth. how would you describe okay. how you dress i think it's a pretty accurate description of how i dress i i would mm-hmm. say it's it's something to something something similar to that i would i would say um how do i dress i'm a really big fan of like I know it sounds cheesy, but like vintage t-shirts, like old, like, like uh, I've gotten some really cool ones from my grandma. So mm. she was at a, a Brooks and Dunn uh, country concert in Vancouver in the eighties in 1982. And I've got the concert t-shirt from that. So like just this outrageous, like 1980s proper printed, like t-shirt from the concert. And you're just like, I've just gotten so many comments on it, but I, I really enjoy that sort of thing. So I love a vintage t-shirt. I love sort of like sort of comfy, stretchy nylon-ish like hiking pants. I love a good pair of like Birkin clogs. Mm-hmm. Love a good pair of Blundstones. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty simple man. <laughs> I like, I like my chinchillas. I've got like a mm. Patagonia co- uh, collection of chinchillas. I've got like oh, really? one of the Mars, the Mars any, ones. Any, the, ooh, I was going to ask any rare pieces. Yeah, I got a couple of rare pieces. Nice. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I sort of obviously love my jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, got a whole collection of, of mostly ARC jackets, but like some Patagonia. Um, so, yeah whole bunch of different stuff i got like a yeah i love the patagonia like the mars stuff the r1 the regulators yeah. those sort of stuff um it's hard to say man i dress i dress <laughs> how i feel i dress how i feel uh-huh. how do you yeah. feel how do you feel today <sighs> oh holy that's why that's why i got this this jesus shirt on oh this oh, that jesus is shirt. crazy <laughs> thank you it's from berlin <laughs> You ever wild. been to um a, like a vintage like kilo shop where you buy buy by the pound or buy by the no, kilo? No, I haven't. Yeah, so I was in Berlin two summers ago, three summers ago, with my mom and my brother, and um we were vintage shopping there, and and um they sell by the kilo there, so everything's marked with a color, and mm-hmm. you all the you put all the clothing you want together by the color, and then you pay by the weight of the clothes. Ah. Yeah, so it was a really cool experience. So yeah, I picked up this uh, <laughs> this Jesus shirt, which I think is pretty funny. Um, yeah, because I grew up quite Catholic, and I just don't uh. perceive myself to be um, very religious anymore. I do perceive myself to be spiritual, and I definitely believe mm. in a, a higher power. But I just don't think that there is, you know, a single God or that He's a certain mm. color or um, even a man. You know, so mm. I just don't believe that that's. Uh, uh, the way that it is and so yeah i think it's funny because of that it's a ridiculous design also and on top right. of all that it yeah. is it's it's two crosses it's a full print blue shirt like tie-dye with two crosses over a desert and then like jesus's face in the background yeah <laughs> like, superimposed in the background wild. it's wild 
yeah it's, so, it's a good it's good good thanks man so i've got my breaking dad lightning oh, archers yes. back here on that got drake my, stole from you yes drake biden my style man can't, can't be doing that he saw you wearing um, he's like i gotta give him one of those exactly he saw me on snow and he was like man trend looks good i have to <laughs> have to have one of those shout out breaking dad man travis edmund spikes absolute beauty of an artist um and then also shout out to Lehi Benberry for these Canada Goose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pieces. Shout out to Lehi. Come on the pod. Uh, yeah, he should, man. Honestly, the, the guy's an absolute genius. And and uh I mean his designs are incredible. So yeah. He uh he recently went on the complex sneakers podcast. So uh oh, there's Slahi, hope. If, you, if you ever want to talk to someone who cares about the outdoors or like mm-hmm. actually will wear crocs, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a I'm a chocolate guy through and through. I always have been. All right, but mm-hmm. I could I could all. yeah 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 I I could get into Paracrocs. Honestly, I feel like I could get into Paracrocs before Hydromox. I don't know actually. I, I wore you a Hydromox for the from... first time. I I wore okay. them for the first time at first camp. Um, I, I didn't have say, any water you... shoes. Yeah, okay. I didn't have any water shoes, and uh, Jamie mad mountain man was kind enough to let me borrow his when i was jumping in the lake and stuff because he did not at the time um so i wore his and they're actually pretty comfy i actually enjoyed wearing them um i feel like the crocs that i put on have been too bulky maybe i just had it they were too big for me um i might have to revisit the crocs but like again chacos is just like it's they're perfect i love them yeah i hear that i hear that um I was going to say, were you completely um, Merrill or what's it called? Uh, Hydra mocked out by first camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone was wearing them. You saw, I'm sure you saw the picture. There was like everyone at our, everyone at our site had a pair except for me and like one other person, <laughs> literally everyone. <laughs> That's pretty jokes. It shows yeah. how like prevalent the trends are. You know what I mean? Like when everybody was getting art jackets, everybody is getting art jackets. Like when everybody's yeah. getting Hydra mocks, like everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll I think we could next. all do with some some individuating in, in in that respect. Like just because we see trends like coming up big, like mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to have one too. You know, like you can appreciate yeah. it from a distance while still having your own style. I exactly. Think. Like you, I carefully curate the things that I purchase. I don't mm-hmm. I don't just like buy things because they're trendy or whatever. If they are trendy, so mm-hmm. be it. Right, but mm-hmm. like. I do I do try not to be just like mindless consumer or like many people in the, in the scene have just been influenced, you know, like when, uh, who was it? On running, on running tried mm-hmm. their hardest to uh, make their shoes like a big deal. And some mm-hmm. people bought in. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and I've heard that they are comfortable shoes, but like a hundred percent, they seated a pair to like, you know, the big names in the scene and uh after a while people were like hmm well i see advanced rock is wearing on running shoes that means maybe i should wear on running and like their job as influencers is to influence people so they succeeded and they like on running mm-hmm. knew who they were talking to and did a good job with the seating of it all but uh yeah i just don't like i think on running is kind of boring that's fair Sorry. man that's come on fair. the pod <laughs> Come on the pod and have a face to face with you. One v one, you and Russ, man. Talk about yeah. on. Watch, watch me just switch up completely. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just think like they don't have the same um, cool factor as like mm-hmm. a Solomon or like a La Sportiva. I don't know. Okay, and it's maybe, it maybe just because of where I live, like mm-hmm. all like the dads who shop at Costco wear them. That might just be what it is. Um, they might not, actually not cool that Kirkland signature. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Uh, I'll get there one day. Um, yes. But honestly, I, I do shop. Like Costco has some sick jackets sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. I got an amazing so I, like three-in-one Calvin, Calvin Klein jacket that I've had for ages oh, yeah? there. That was really I good. Had, My mom bought me I, that. I've had a fair share of hoodies from mm-hmm. uh, from Costco, so shout out to them. No diss yeah. on Costco at all. Just a no, diss no, on sure. the people that go there and wear the shoes that I don't like. But yeah, I do like, as if you go there for everything. Running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on the pod come on the pod on running uh yeah. ceo we'll get you on the pod soon <laughs> definitely sex on the list yeah um so speaking about trends and individualization and all that good mm-hmm. stuff uh where do you see yourself going in the future um or where do you see the scene going anything like that just let's talk future now future that's a great question yeah. 
Um, I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. Um, okay. I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm, I don't want to put a box on the future because I re- like, I think if I do that, I'm going to be wrong and, okay. uh, and <laughs> it's right. okay to be wrong. It's totally okay to be wrong, but, yeah, um, but I just, you shouldn't be, it's not, yeah, it's not something that I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's but, cool um, if other people are wrong, but I just like, I'm not that guy. I just am exactly. not wrong. So no, I, I think we, we've, we've alluded to it in other conversations we've had, but I think uh, there's definitely going to be a, a new rebirth of, of, you know, what's next as there always is, you know, there'll be a, uh, I think it's coming soon, but you know, uh, I, I honestly have no idea and I wouldn't even try to guess because <laughs> I'm not somebody like that, uh, with, with their hand on the pulse. I'm, I'm yeah. more of somebody who sits back and, and soaks it up. And, and, you know, if, if I like something, I really jump in and, and enjoy it, which is why I've been, um, so heavy in the outdoor sort of scene, even yeah. on social media and just in lapping it up that way is just because <laughs> that's something that I really am about. So, you know, if, if, if it doesn't continue to be cool to go outside, then I'll still be outside. So, yeah. How do you think, what do you think is next? I think people will start drifting away. Like already, like me personally, and a lot of people that like at first camp that I met were thinking like, um, you know, the word gorp core is kind of cringe at this point. You know what I mean? It's better to say like outdoor fashion more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do see a lot of these brands are still kind of riding the hype train a little bit, you know? Yeah. A lot of brands are still doing like outdoor campaigns or like Jacques Mousse or whatever it is, is still doing a lot of like outdoor campaigning. Um, Gucci North Face didn't happen that long ago. And I think that's not mm-hmm. going to end anytime soon either. It sounds no. like, um, no. sounds like it's gonna be an ongoing collaboration. So I think the, uh, influence will always stay there, but I think it's going to evolve into something different. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people will, this is kind of toot my own horn a little bit. I think a lot of people will kind of get to where I am, <laughs> which is like, I have my go outside fits, but then I have mm-hmm. my go out on the town or hang out with my girlfriend, anything kind of fits, you know, that yeah. are, um, Gorp inspired or outdoor inspired, you know, like I wear a pair of carpenter pants yeah. outside you know what I mean? Kind of like that. Or like maybe I'll put on an arc jacket, but in like a tasteful way and not in a look at me Gorp core way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I feel like there'll be an evolution like that where people just kind of get bored of seeing brands and they'll want to see like actual style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's like any type of like learning, you know what I mean? Like you take a piece with you and you incorporate that into your own yeah. style right like you might like you said take up take a piece like an art jacket or you know hydromonics or carpenter pants mm-hmm. double knees something like that and you add it to how you already dress and, yeah. and create and craft something that's that you know reflects who you are artistically exactly and i think i think we'll just start getting more of that um i think a good example is oi lukey shout out to him uh, that counts as one of my yeah. three shout outs for the week. He definitely yeah. is not fully Gorpcore. And like his bio even says like recovering, recovering John's addict or something, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Newly born Gorpcore guy, something like that. But right. he definitely has his own style. It's not just like baggy pants and Arcteryx and like a pair yeah. of XT6, you know? But yeah. he's still part of the scene very heavily and that goes outside. And like yeah. his girlfriend was part of the system A shoot for Arcteryx mm-hmm. UK and stuff like that. So like he's very connected. For sure. Um, but at the same time, he isn't just wearing betas and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I think we'll just big, we'll see more of that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think that's uh, important to have your your own side of side of things, like mm-hmm. the the John side of things. Me too. Um, I have a former nickname of uh, John Bones Johns instead of John <laughs> Bones Jones. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm also in that sort of recovering Gorp Lord <laughs> kind of thing. So um yeah i think it's important to just incorporate beats and pieces of your own style into you know what you what you enjoy in popular culture mm-hmm. and, and keep learning from there and keep moving on from there but yeah shout out oil lukey why'd you unfollow me bro Ooh, tough a little bit of a little bit of of tea over here interesting drama drama <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah well do you have any questions for me at the end of the show um Anything you want you want to ask me about or 
should we move directly to the shout outs? Um, yeah, I have a couple questions, I guess. Okay. Um, what's, what's next for trees and nylon? Is there an evolution oh, from trees and nylon? Is there a new sort of, um, is there some sort of R and D in the works, a new sort of man-made material, half wood, half nylon? Um, that'd be sick, but no, I think what's next for trees and nylon is, I mean, there's a lot of avenues that could go down. I'd love to, and I think I might've said this on a podcast already that's not out yet. So you, I can't blame me for not knowing it um, with Mark from Hyperdelic. But if I have, or if I haven't, the abridged version is basically the, the schools of thought are, I want to make merch or something physical, right? I want to do that. I want to um, expand the podcast. I'd love to help other people start and help other people like record or edit or whatever they want to do. Um, but mm-hmm. the problem is like the appeal of an agency to help you do that is that they can help you get money from it. And I'm not making enough money from it right now to, uh, <laughs> to help people make money off of it. So mm-hmm. I just have to expand. It's really just, I have to get the podcast to get more listeners um, and get more sponsors and talk to more people and like do that. And then I can start saying, Hey, if you want to do a podcast, I can get you like this much. I can get you this like RPM. Right. Uh, just make an episode this many times a week or this many times a mm-hmm. month, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm be curious about that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to start one. I do. Cause like, well, I mean, live from the little field, man, I think that's, mm-hmm. that could be a, a serious that's idea a great, of like, inter- yeah. Yeah. Thanks man. Interviewing people like on, like on the trail or like while you're out, outside or while you're doing a walk or while you're doing an event yeah. or whatever it is and getting, you know, stories from the trail or just mm-hmm. stories from life in general and, and talking about, you know, the intersection of the trail and regular life and, and all that stuff you know but yeah so i think uh, i definitely do want to do something like that and i think it would be a great idea um yeah just you know i have a lot of ideas man newsletter this that the other podcast so yeah yeah, we'll see what i have time for in the the midst Mm -hmm. of trying to be a legal professional and (laughs) special bird service and family and yeah Yeah. and cricket so it's it's a lot but um it's exciting, man. So I'm yeah, excited to hear know. that you. I was gonna okay. say, um, I'm excited to hear that you want to branch out into something bigger that way too, man. I think there could be a business idea there, definitely, with like, mm. like an agency or like, like um, like a middleman kind of thing to like, yeah, help help people like you know those like digital offices where they have like, uh, like a someone at like the digital front desk who answers the phone for you kind of thing like mm. that could kind of like so there's, there's some there's analogy there you know what i mean like you yeah. could be that sort of digital front desk for people who are trying to make prod podcasts i think um a lot of people want to start a podcast but no one knows how to like edit it or no one knows how yeah. to do like all the stuff so yeah i'd love to help people not just on like the money front but also on like the here's how you should start it. like here's yeah. some like basics on how you should start it like here's what yeah. here's what you need to do before you start it, um, and kind of just like be a consultant of like this is what you yeah. should do, podcast um, consultant. But not even consultancy, just like helping people out. You know, yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. I don't want them to pay me for it. Just no, like, no. You know, here's how yeah. I got started. Here's like the basics of it. This is what you should do before you think about it. Like you know, like totally. But yeah, that'd be cool. Or merch would be cool, or mm-hmm. like physical, not just merch, which is like physical stuff. Um, or yeah, just doing this yeah. full time. This made more money. Than this, yeah, uh, it's coming. It's, it's a matter of like when, not if, right? And like, mm-hmm. hopefully, <laughs> no, no, I, I feel it, man. I, I truly do. Um, Thank you. But even to tie into what you were what you're saying about the future there, um, mm-hmm. I think the future is going to reflect more of how you were just speaking about things that like more of like a, a circular economy rather than like spending money to pay people to do stuff. I think it's the, the world's going to move a, a lot more to like, oh, okay, you give me this in return for this more of like a bartering system back to like a yeah. bartering system rather than than just straight like, okay, here's this like weird paper that like somebody says is worth this much, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I hope so. And like, yeah, ultimately I would love to have a salary <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> a salary would be great. Or like known, like a stable known income would be awesome. Mm. Um, yeah. But until that time, I'm cool. Just like helping people out and making mm-hmm. those connections and building yeah. myself along, you know, definitely. 
I got a couple yeah. of sayings in my friend group. One of them is dividends only. So just getting paid <laughs> yeah. dividends only. Yeah, that's one of them. And commercial property only. So we're only buying commercial property going forward. <laughs> um, so yeah, words to live by. Words to live by. You also say, one of one of them you said to me when I was in Oxford was uh, science-based. Science-based, science-based, correct. Yeah, that's a that's a be-all, end-all uh, qualifying statement for arguments. If you, it's a uh, straight out of the Fox Handbook. You know, it's just if if uh, anything's being argued, it's just science-based. Yeah, it's just it's a science-based argument. So exactly, <laughs> what are they going to say about that? <laughs> There's nothing you can say, man. Exactly, that's it. <laughs> it's backed by science, it's pretty hard to it's you know. Backed by science. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I guess we can move on to shout outs now. Um, yeah, I gotta go okay. grab my phone. It's been charging, but you can go ahead okay. and start if you'd like shout outs. Okay. Like how does, how does this usually work with shout outs? Like you just shout out um, anybody, three people, anyone, okay. preferably mm-hmm. someone you think that the audience wouldn't know. Okay. Let me, let me, let me do a little look up here. Hmm. There's an indigenous land steward um, from Vancouver Island, what's commonly known as Vancouver Island. Um, she's from the Wasanic First Nations, and her name is Sarah Jim, and her Instagram is Sarah Jim Studios. She's an artist and a land steward, um, and she does incredible art um, and so many educational um, resources and informational resources about um, learning the First Nations languages, um, Sinchatan. Um, mm. another person is Papakia and it's spelled P-E-P-K-A-Y-K-Y-K-I-Y-E, excuse me. And, um, yeah, she's a First Nations stu- uh, land steward as well. So much knowledge, um, shared about, um, plants, uh, the world around us, like birds, um, even artwork. She does beadwork, uh, really incredible independent black media he's a, mm. a guy from victoria or from vancouver island um who reports on um land defenders uh so people who are actively trying to resist against um the police in especially in canada and, and mm. in the u.s um from getting onto first nations land to be able to uh, extract resources like um mm. uh, lumber like mining all that sort of stuff um he goes to these uh places and reports from the ground live about how the police are treating uh people and how the media is like oh, wow. you know yeah so he, he reports live from the scene um kind of thing on on social media and on instagram and facebook and that sort of thing so it's real like um no holds bar reporting mm-hmm. you know you're not you're not going to get something bleeped out or something like that so yeah it was pretty incredible to see what was happening at fairy creek i'm not sure if you're aware of what was going on with fairy creek on vancouver island it was the largest civil disobedience um in canadian's history canada's history excuse me wow. um yeah so there's um the last old growth forests on vancouver island are uh trying to be cut down by our current government um Mm. to be logged for for wood to send off to different countries or to use in our own lumber industry um and so uh there was like over 800 arrests over a year or almost a year and a half worth of enforcement out at fairy creek um to Mm. try and get the this company teal jones in vancouver um, to stop trying to log these old growth forests. Like some of these uh, trees are literally like tens of thousands of years old and they're trying to cut them down. And Jeez. it's just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, these, these accounts, independent black media is incredible for hands-on re- uh, reporting um, for history. Uh, know your Caribbean amazing history account that talks about the different uh, colonial impact paths of the different histories of the Caribbean from, you know, Southeast Asia to um, the Latin American history of, of the Caribbean Um, everyday racism. That's a great account as well. Um, There's Sundance uh, Sundance harvest or Sundance farms in Toronto. They're like uh, an eco-friendly, um, uh, farm like living in conjunction with the land and in harmony with the land rather than mm. extracting uh, farming processes that are you know uh, extracting resources from the soil or nutrients from the soil excuse me um, also there's in Vancouver there's a, a great outdoor uh, group called color the trails which is uh, working for advocacy for outdoor um, 
different outdoor groups and activities as well. Um, there's also Wanderers of Color in the UK here, which started off as a Facebook group um, for people of color that were traveling around the world and to sort of like make friends online, in different countries. And it's uh, branched out to like rock climbing, hiking, um, a whole bunch of different things. So yeah, I'm actually going to their event in June next month here in London, uh, to go for a hike. Uh, so yeah, a whole bunch of different cool outdoor accounts. Oh, another one, Ike's Birding Hikes. He's a guy in the, in the U S who, um, is a bird watcher. So yeah. Another cool account, Ike's Birding Hikes. Wow. That was quite a few, man. Sorry. <laughs> that was quite a few. I think honestly, you've taken the words, you've taken them from me. I don't even, I don't even want to give any. You just gave so many good resources. I don't even want I just want to let yours have the spotlight. I'm serious. Uh thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's yeah. there's quite a few people there. So hopefully yeah. people can get something out of that. Well, hey, I, I relinquish my I don't even want to muddy the waters by saying just like people who wear Arcterics and stuff. So I'm going to, oh. I'm going to let your voice speak. I'm going to say, I'm going to let, I'm going to let those be the ones that are shouted out. Thanks, man. I think it's important to have a lot of creators on your feed as well as uh, like artistic creators, as well as, um, you know, like man-made creators so that, mm. so that we can get a good balance of, of art and human-made art, like natural art and human-made art. Nice yeah, stuff. Thanks, man. Trenton, aka at Special Bird Service at Cranked at Curry, with a K in both of those, and with an mm-hmm. I on Curry. That's um, it. Sweet. Uh, and at uh, Mahogany yeah, Maharaja. Of course, how could I forget Mahogany Maharaja as well? Um, yes, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about my car crash and nothing else, and your car crash as well and nothing else. It's been good. It's been awesome, man. It has been amazing. Thank you so much for uh, having me on and trading war stories and you know, <laughs> listening to me ramble on about uh, different artists that I think you guys should follow. So, I yeah. I yeah. It. Well, I always have time for you, man. I appreciate it. Of course. We'll get you on a Patreon sometime soon. Sounds good. Fireside Chats. Fireside Chats. Patreon.com slash Trees and Nylon. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I'll talk to you later. Cheers, Trees. Thanks for so about this form.